Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. What's going on, Internet community? We're back. We are starting a cult. Yes. We're alive, and welcome to life. Fuck this quarantine. Can I start by saying that? We're this together. This is a waste of my We're time together, and my but life. not touching. We're doing all those things. We actually have more people than usual here. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'll tell you what. There are more than two of us within the six-foot radius right now. But you know what? We're not touching. We're not uh, spitting on each other. I don't know, right. bitch is spitting over my shoulder into a cup. Yeah, that's so, true. <laughs> that we is got some true. weird shit going on. But we have um, a new guy. We got a new guy, Antonio. It's been Antonio. a long time coming. We've been right. asking him for years, and he just said, you know what? You guys are fucking stupid, and I don't want to be on here. And uh, no, that's not what happened at but all. Now he's trapped. But he's here. So, yeah. He's here. Say, Say hello. Antonio. Say hello. All right. Uh, first words on the podcast. Uh, I guess, Falk, what's up, boys? You know, I guess I got to speak a little louder. First time here. So we're talking about who today? Talking about uh, Antonio. No, we're talking about some guy named uh, Jim Jones. He's been to a... Jimmy? He works out at my gym, dude. Yeah, it's not Jimmy Jones. It's a different guy. <laughs> um, all right, before we jump in here, I got a couple of cool things to say. First off, I have this chewing tobacco that tastes like dog shit in my mouth. I don't know why you're doing this to yourself, man. I don't like this. Like I'm going to take it out. It just tastes terrible. I love the taste. Um, it's like burning my throat. It's not good. Um, on a side note, we uh, Griff, Griff's here, too. He's Griff's on the back. couch, yeah. Griff and I and Alex, uh, we won in a Call of Duty Warzone today. I just wanted to throw that one out there because that'll never happen again. It was amazing. It was like heroin. It was, dude. We'll be it's chasing, just like a warm blanket under all our skin. We'll be chasing that dragon until I die next week. So we're doing that. Um, also, 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 this is extremely pre- premature, but... Um, as uh, as I've been talking about, you know, for the past couple of weeks, we're getting that new uh, sponsor coming in, and uh, we received some products today. Okay, and um, I want you to know, uh, we're we're figuring out the final uh, details here of our arrangement, but uh, Jake and I have received our, uh, I guess, what would you call them, gift gift packages? They're little gifts, yeah. They're they're uh, and, um, made of oak. Yes, they're hand carved wood. And they are smoking pipes. 
and they're really cool. They General come with smoking pipes. Um, yeah, tobacco use only. Yeah. No, the product is called the uh, the wooden blunt. Just in case you wanted to know, we will be getting you more details very soon on this because we're excited to work with this gentleman. As well as uh, he's excited to work with us. So so check it out. It's Smoke. It's uh, S-M-O-A-K. Yeah. Smoke Pipe Official on the Instagram. Check him out. It's our new boy. We like him. Uh, with that all out of the way now, let me spit this tobacco out and uh, get into Jim Jones. Good. You're going to do that? That's a good Mitch, thing. Mitch, give me your spit cup. That's a very good idea. <laughs> Disgusting. Oh, oh, oh man. Hold on. I'm not done. Ew. Take it. Oh, uh, not being safe right now. No. It's my own spit. <laughs> <laughs> What's this? Oh, it's my spit. It's my own spit. All right, we're good to go. We are ready with James Orenthal Simpson. I mean, no. James, James Warren Jones. Yeah, that's close full enough, name. right? <laughs> yeah. O.J. <Same> Simpson. <laughs> OJ, dude, that's my guy. We're gonna discuss what happened if he did it. I do, I do want to say one thing. It, it's related to OJ. Before we get into Jim Jones, I told you guys this story. Uh, my grandma, she recently passed this week, and uh, we were at her house, and uh, we were going through some of her old uh, papers, and it was a journal entry from the mid '90s, and uh, she was on a date with a guy named Bernie. Okay. And she wrote about how Bernie was a nice guy. She she made dinner. They had a wonderful evening. But through the conversation of the evening, uh, Bernie believed that O.J. Simpson was completely innocent. And my grandma wrote that she could never see that man again because she completely disagreed with him on many fundamental levels. Probably good. And I wanted to throw that out there because that was just absolutely hilarious to me. <laughs> but anyways, we're not talking about O.J. Simpson today. We are talking about Jim Jones, an even crazier bastard, and uh, he's from the the home area, sort of. Yeah, yeah close to, the closest to home we're gonna get, really. Probably with the shit we talk about. Yeah, you're damn right. But yeah, Jim Jones, man. Uh, he was. Uh, well, we all know Jim Jones. Just as a, like a, a rough intro, like he was the uh, cult leader of the cult, uh, the People's Temple, right? The Kool-Aid jokes, everyone knows the Kool-Aid references. It's so embedded into the, you know, mainframe of uh, society. Everyone knows what it means. Drink the Kool-Aid, dog! But, uh, yeah, Jim Jones, he was in charge of People's Temple. He was a cult leader. Uh, 1978, uh, 909 people passed, a third of them children. Uh, And that was one day, so let's uh, get into how that happened. Yeah, if you, um, there's a lot that's going to take us up to that day. That day like will be a, like a, a distance lot. away from here. We have yeah. a lot to talk about. I just wanted about. it to, you know, can't go in dry here. Don't worry, the Kool-Aid ain't going to happen today because no. uh, there's, you don't even know what's about to happen. You don't even get it. Let's let's get into this, right? Yeah. We're, we're approaching his birthday, too. I just want to say that now. Oh, shit, we are. <laughs> Happy birth, Mrs. Jim Jones. Yeah, uh, he was born James Warren Jones uh, in Crete, Indiana. So that's not too far from us, right? Crete, Indiana. Am uh, I thinking Crete, Illinois, just over You the are, because this is yeah. in Randolph County, uh, which is far away. I'm going to look into that right now. Give me a second. We share a border, though. You know, we share. A... Oh, no, it's on the complete opposite side of the state. Share a state. 
it Indiana, border, it's like boys. it's on the cusp of Ohio. It's like right there. Okay, so it's a, so it's a Ohio cusp. Yeah. All right. And he's the only. <laughs> when you go to their their uh, Wikipedia page, the only notable person that's born in Creed, Indiana, is Jim Jones. <laughs> <laughs> their what claim a, to fame legacy. is a crazy cult leader. Beautiful. <laughs> Good shit, man. Good shit. I love it. Yeah, he was uh, he was born in Crete, Indiana, May thirteenth of nineteen thirty one, uh, to Lynetta and James Thurman Jones. Uh, Lynetta was uh, she was a bit of a weirdo. She had three previous husbands, all of which she drove away, and she married uh, Jim Jones's father, James, by the time she was twenty five. Damn, how do you get married that many times? I didn't even have the time. She was a bit of a fucking handful, dude. She was, uh... I'd we'll say get, a couple we'll handfuls. That bitch just passed around yeah, more than probably. a wooden blunt. <laughs> nice plug. That was good. Do you think, do you think, since he's, like, a murderer, do you think the mother or the father gave the crazy traits that, like, pushed over, whatever you want to call it, to Jim Jones himself? You know, who was the crazy one in the family that made him crazy. The mother. I'll tell you what, man. We're going to get into that right now. I'm, I'm oh, betting yeah. the mother. That's where all my cash yeah. is. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, her uh, Her marriage is uh, failing, and then the uh, eventual marriage uh, to James, it's said to have been due to her being uh, an exhausted pain in the ass. Being a bit of a bitch. Being a bit of a bitch. Uh, James Thurman Jones uh, was her fourth husband at the age of 25, like I said. Uh, James was a World War I veteran who was permanently made weak of the body and mind by a German gas attack in World War so, I. So, is this like a... Now, nah, th- that's too juvenile. Go on. I was going to make what a joke. Gonna... Now, come on. <laughs> I was going to make a fart joke, but it just, I don't know, it didn't pan out. Have we proved to be above fart jokes, Grant? Just, get, just let it rip. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. No, no, I'm I good. I was, it was No, it didn't make any sense. Continue. I hate that you're not going to tell us this fart joke. Because if I told you, it would just be a bigger letdown than me not telling you. You know what I'm saying? At this point, yeah, because we're talking about yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah. shut the fuck up and yeah, move on. I guess on. I will. All right, so a German gas attack. Uh, yeah. Uh, though he came from a rich family that was very successful, right? He remained unambitious and boring until the day he died. Uh, he was just a... What a sad... Like, <laughs> he was just a fucking... <laughs> your son is Jim Jones, and your claim to fame is... He was so boring... That he remained boring until he died. <laughs> it's true, dude. Wait till you hear what he did just until he died. Uh, yeah. So his uh, his family's wealth was what attracted uh, Lynetta to marry him, despite their big uh, age difference. Uh, James was old enough to be her father, basically. Nice, and, uh, dude. <laughs> She's a gold digger. She's a gold digger, man. But, uh, yeah, it's the family's wealth. Uh, James was known as Big Jim. Uh, to the townsfolk, and later known as Old Jim, as he started to become far more boring in the eyes of the community. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So around 50, that's when he got the, the name Old Jim. His condition was just getting bad. Like, he was just doing absolutely nothing. Uh, so he spent uh, the final 20 years of his life in a pool hall, shooting pool, playing cards, and not drinking... He drank coffee and soda, but apparently prohibition was like around, and it got like 
Yeah. And Pro- prohibition so went boring. away, but this county specifically kept it for some reason. This guy was so boring. He was the one guy in America that listened to the prohibition laws. And then kept doing it when they were lifted. He's like, nope, just because the government tells me I can drink doesn't mean I should. Dude, 20 years. He spent his like every single day just at the pool hall. Just Good sober, him, and man. he was just sober, just playing pool cards. But more than anything, he was literally just sitting there doing yeah. nothing. It, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, he wasted away there, right? So before Jim Jones was born, <laughs> when Lynette became pregnant with him, uh, she claims to have had a vision of the Egyptian river of death. And uh, that quickly shifted into a vision of herself dying on a cross. Right? That's a little self-conceited, it's a don't bit, you think? It, doesn't it seem so? My mother was Jesus. <laughs> Join my cult. Hey, hey, hey. My mom's been Jesus since before you were born. Get in here. Oh, my God. Uh, so, yeah, she, she saw the Egyptian river of death. Uh, she, uh, she saw herself on the cross. But then, apparently, the spirit of her mother came to her, and she was like, it's not your time yet. You're uh, going to give birth to a great man. Right, so this is a vision she claimed to have had before, like as she got pregnant. Quotations on the grade. Yeah, I quotations call it on the grade. Drugs. It might be drugs. We were I just don't talking know. about those ammonia salts. This bitch was just fucking <laughs> stockpiling this shit, just <laughs> snorting them like it was nothing, Listen, dude. Everyone hates on ammonia salts, and I think they're just a great pick me up. That's just all I'm going to say on that. <laughs> you ever having a bad day? Just, just smell some shit, and it'll make you feel better. <laughs> just instant energy. Smell some cocaine, and it'll really power you through the night. <laughs> just the smell of it really gets me. Ah. Uh. But anyway, yeah, so that was a vision she claimed to have, but that could very well have been a lie. uh, Because she tended to lie to make herself seem interesting and more important than she actually was. She would also uh, change her name multiple times and not tell anyone that she changed her name. And then people would call her an old name, and she'd just, like, fly off the handle at them. Like, that's not my name. (laughs) Just creating problems. I'm just picturing that SNL with... uh, uh, with Burt Reynolds, like the celebrity Jeopardy, he's like, it's not my name. <laughs> no, it's, like, not, it's not my name. Yeah, Burt Reynolds, like, no, it's not my name. Written sign. <laughs> Turd Ferguson, he's like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> yeah, like, going. Like, that was his mom, just like, hey, how you doing? She's like, what? Like, yeah, hey, <laughs> hey, Karen? No, no, it's not me anymore. That was so last it's week. It's Karen. That was so last week, you fucking idiot. <laughs> no, but yeah, that's, that's like how stupid it was because her name was Lynetta and she would just change it to like Lynette and then like Lynetto or Lenoit or some shit. She would just like change it very slightly every Ointment. now and again and just fly off the handle at just random strangers who would call her the wrong name. But, if you're having yeah. visions like that, dude, you probably are crazy. Like I've had visions, but they're mostly fun. It's like probably I'm a piece of toast or something and like I'm getting slammed, slammed into a toaster and then I wake up and it's like slammed Whoa. into a toaster. This bitch is like I'm on the river of death and I'm god. I'm like holy <laughs> shit, dude, that sounds intense. Dude, she was a handful, man. She would she would just pick fights with random strangers. Uh she like went against the norms of the time. She would, she wouldn't act a ladylike as they uh, would say back then. She wore pants. She She'd would scratch spit. her crotch. She all like the swore time. like a sailor. She may have scratched a crotch. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> she would basically do anything to defy the norms of the time, right? But most of all, she firmly believed that any problem that arose in her life was the fault of others. In any case, that's like, a lot of people. Absolutely, <laughs> that's a lot of that people, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, she uh, she was she seemed to want something like a different lifestyle and all that, but she wouldn't put the work in to actually get it. So she would just be angry all the time. It wasn't good. It wasn't a good situation. But uh, yeah, she uh, she felt she was chosen by God to have Jim, right? As we said in, in the uh, the vision, and uh, she wasn't shy about letting him know this, all like his entire life. Ultimately. Uh, just kind of putting an insane amount of high expectations onto him for his entire life since the very beginning. Oh, the really? The very now? beginning, Grant. But, From uh, the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And despite uh, these expectations of her son, she never once actually put any effort into raising him uh, to be great, basically ignoring him his entire childhood. Uh, when Jim was born, <laughs> his mother, Lynetta, said that she, that uh, he was, quote, an ugly Eskimo. You're that was the first thing. ugly Eskimo. <laughs> just, she, she got handed Jim Jones as a baby by a doctor, and she's like, ah, he's an ugly Eskimo. That was like the first thing she said. Ridiculousness. Yeah. So, uh, anyway. <laughs> Ridiculousness, the TV show. None at all. Not enough. She was just a bit off, right? Uh, <laughs> and so with his uh, father spending all the time at the pool hall, because uh, he was, like, disabled, right? So basically how the, how the household, like, was structured was, like, uh, his father was disabled and his family was rich, right? And so his family agreed to pay for, like, a house and, like, all this shit. But they were, like, the only thing that you have to do, Lynetta, is, like, work to like help us out with like bills and shit and like she thought she was like so above that she like resented the fact that she had to work but uh but anyway so his father is just like on disability just hanging out um at the pool hall right and his mother basically ignored him uh jim was more often than not left on his own oh he's really shaping up to be a great guy yeah He's like just, a great uh, guy. He's just hanging out alone as a child from the very beginning. Lynetta uh, would never let Jim into the house when she wasn't there, which was every day for like 12 hours. So he would just wander the town. <laughs> like, she was the only parent that worked, but her dad, his dad was just gone. So, uh, yeah. Uh, she was a line worker at a glass factory. So isn't that fun? Good, but so, for, uh, good for her. Yeah, good for her. But so uh, Jim would wander the town during the day, uh, during which time he became close with an old Nazarene woman named Myrtle Kennedy. Myrtle Kennedy. Myrtle Kennedy. And she just thought he was adorable, right? She began taking Jim to church every week, which he absolutely loved. Like, he, he, loved, he would, like, quote scripture to her, like, immediately as they started going to church. He just, like, was totally into it. He's like, this is my thing now, right? You got this. Get it out. Get it out. I need to separate notes better. Get it out. Get it out. Get it out. You can do it, baby. Yeah. But uh, after a while, (laughs) Jim began began, uh, becoming interested in other churches, right? Because they were going to this Nazarene church like every week. And then eventually he was like, what are other churches like? Because the Nazarenes are very like strict. They're just like, you can't leave once you're here. So anyway... Uh, he started going to different churches. Uh, he became obsessed with it, and uh, 
before uh, before church attendance, Jim would uh, wander the town. So okay, so he started going to all these other ones. But before all this church stuff happened, before that, he like would wander the town, like just feeding dogs, like stray dogs that he would find, and they would just follow him around. And he had this other friend that he would hang out with, whose dad was like a pilot. And he t- and like Jim Jones says, like, oh, I always wanted to be a pilot. And for six weeks before he actually got into like church and stuff. He was, like, obsessed with aviation and, like, being a pilot. And from this, like, you can, it was kind of, it's kind of, like, looked on as his first, like, obsessions in, uh, in, like, power, basically. Mm -hmm. It's like he wasn't necessarily interested in the content of these things. It was, like, the respect and power that a pilot gets, that, like, a preacher gets. Like, that's what he became obsessed with. So, yeah. Yeah, question. go ahead, Antoine. Did he murder the dogs? Because he was like a murderer. So did he like you know you know how like like early murderers like like kill animals and shit like that? Did he do that? I uh, I can answer that one. You can yeah you go go on into it if you'd like. Um, yeah. So this is this, we're jumping a little bit here, but his uh, his tell. friends. Well, his so-called friends, mostly acquaintances, right? They described him as a super fucking weird guy. And uh, they said that he would hold funerals for dead animals in his backyard. And that they multiple people had actually witnessed him stabbing a cat. Yep. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, it got, it got good, man. So, yeah, to answer your question a little bit, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he did. Yeah. See, see there's, there's signs. There's signs. Yeah, man. After the... Uh, go ahead, Mitch. Did they at least eat the cat? <laughs> no, the no, cat no, no, bashing, no, 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 no. None of that. None of that. Cat bashing is a, is, is a real sport, okay? It is a real sport, cat bashing. Pet cemetery, right? Pet cemetery. John Lithgow, creepy old man. Cat bashing. But uh, yeah, so it wasn't too, that wasn't too far off, Antonio. That actually wasn't too far off from where I just left off. It was following all the church stuff. Um, that uh, just like his weird ass parents, he started doing weird ass shit, right? Uh, Jim Jones, uh, his next obsession was death. And uh, one night, he actually took a few neighborhood kids to the local casket factory, which was just unlocked. Because, like, everything They're in like, town was just They're like, who's going to come unlocked? in here and steal this shit, man? Exactly. Like, let him have it. I don't care. <laughs> but uh, when inside, he strongly urged all the kids to lie in a casket, uh, trying to understand what it'd be like to be dead. The kids are like, I don't want to play with you anymore, Jim. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's exactly Get it. the casket. Because this wasn't an isolated no, incident. No, I don't think so. No, yeah. So. This didn't happen just once. He got kids to like come with him like multiple times, and every time there would be just less and less kids because they're just like, we're just going to do that weird shit again. This guy's going to make us do some shit we really don't want to do today. Yeah. yeah, and this all, like, this was around the age of 10 that he was doing this shit. Yeah. 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 So he would also uh, hold funeral services, like like G was saying earlier, for the dead animals. That he spent all day, like if it was if he wasn't just like stabbing a cat, he was roaming the towns to actually look for like dead animals to then take back and have like funeral services for. I guess in a way he could have like constructively become like a. I don't know, like animal control, and like he would have just led like a normal life. <laughs> he could have, and then just opened up like a certain. Sur- I'm sure people would have services for their pets. If right? he would have just been able to like channel that feeling into something constructive, he'd have Dude, been fine. He's like, 
He has so much wasted potential. We'll see. Like he had so many opportunities to just be like a great person. Oh, he's like a genius. But he just too. doesn't do it every time. There's no denying that. He's a yeah. very smart guy. He would sometimes do the services during recess too, isn't that fun? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's how I made friends. How do you think me and Mitch met? Found a dead cat and I was like, Hey Mitch, you cat wanna marry this with me? He's like, How do you Best know my friends name? ever since? <laughs> yeah. Uh <laughs> So he would do these these uh, services, and just like uh, the breaking into the casket factories, kids kind of thought it was weird, like his own age. Like they kind of were just like, oh, "I'm not gonna, I'm gonna stop coming to this." So uh, yeah, kids started getting weird out, weirded out that were in his grade. So he uh, Jim thought that he would start inviting younger kids uh, who were naturally just happy to, happy to like you know be around older kids. You know, that's just how it is around the, those ages. Yeah, they're like, this guy's cool. It's like he's an <laughs> Little did they know. Like, <laughs> Little yeah. did they know. Yeah. And uh, apparently he weirded some of those guys out, too, enough to the point where they wanted to leave. But with the younger kids, uh, if they wanted to leave, he would bully them into staying. I mean, really think about it. How do you weird out kids? you, you got to be doing some really weird shit. To make a kid uncomfortable enough to be like, I don't want to hang out with you anymore. Finding dead animals and burying them and like, it's like during kids, recess. <laughs> kids are very resilient. You can do a lot of stuff and they'll just be like, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. But they're, everyone's like, nah, this but guy's then like, a little weird. <laughs> like even one like animal funeral, like I could see that. It's like, oh, so cool. We had this one like funeral. It was, it was like a service for this pigeon or some shit but then it's like he's doing these every day dude he's <laughs> like, like he's stopped how many finding are we him, gonna now do? he's just been killing animals so we can keep doing them it's getting kind of weird my cat's been gone for a month <laughs> it's not good it's not uh it was then so after he like you know he was doing these services he was bullying kids and staying uh it was then that he found uh his hero jim jones found out about mr adolf hitler all right and uh, though he didn't agree with the Nazi ideology, because Jim Jones like personally had a very like socialistic sort of thing, mm-hmm. like socialist, uh, and he like wanted equality and all those that kind of thing. But he so he didn't agree with the Nazi ideology. He admired Hitler's style and leadership, the charisma that he had. That's what he was attracted to. Yeah, looking at some of the influences of Jim Jones is weird. I mean, we got Joseph Stalin. Karl Marx, uh, Mao Zedong, and Mahatma Gandhi. So we're kind of covering all, all aspects over the place. of life here. A lot of similar, but then there's some weird ones. In and there. more than half of those guys are responsible for damn near a billion deaths. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> like, we're, total, getting, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're getting to some weird areas of yeah. life. <laughs> but yeah, Jim Jones kind of just cherry picked like him. And not what he was doing or what was happening. He's in like, the no, world the killing, no. But did you see what that guy was wearing? That shit looked good. <laughs> he loved it, dude. Dude, he loved it so much that he like got a little his own little group of uh, Nazis together. Hell yeah! <laughs> and it was all made up of younger kids. But he would just. They're like, all like, "What's a Nazi?" He's like, "Just he's come like, with don't me. worry about it." But uh, <laughs> but they would like go out into the woods, and he would have them like goose step, like it, like they're at like a Nuremberg, like. They're like rally. this is fun, and like, like they're yeah. yeah. But if they if he felt that they like misstepped at all, he would just hit him in the knees with branches. And then he'd he beat claimed, off later. He claimed to be the Fuhrer, like he was well, just yeah. like yeah. You got a role play. 
Yeah, he's like, what, what is he going to be, just a loyal soldier? This guy came up with the fucking idea. He's going to play the game how he wants it. Exactly. And this was at the age of, like, 14. You know he was, like, he was beaten off this. to the thought of this, too, like, afterwards. Like, like, they'd all separate and go home, and he'd just be like... Be like, he got the crowd so who's wild. The, who's the best <laughs> Fuhrer? Like, 14-year-old Jim, Jim Jones or the Fuhrer? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like, he's like, they will bow to me. It's like, no, they won't. Yeah. It was his first introduction to the idea that uh, if your peers don't react uh, to what you're doing in a positive way, right, you find the people that do, right? The uh, the naive, the seeking attention, the disenfranchised. In this situation, it's younger kids, you know, because they're just they're looking up to the older boys. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, on top of all that, all of this, right. Uh, throughout his childhood, Jim had a proclivity towards animal mutilation, as we were talking about. He once attempted okay. to uh, sew a chicken's leg onto a duck with a string just to see what would happen. <laughs> Why wouldn't he get a little bit more creative <laughs> just, than just that? Just to see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's like, like so like not try creative. it with like a deer's leg <laughs> and like a turkey or something. Are you <laughs> sure Dr. Mangala wasn't one of his influences? He's like, hey I don't man, like he this was Hitler guy. All but who's this guy that's chopping up all the twins and shit? That's the guy I want to party <laughs> with. <laughs> Imagine playing doctor with this guy. You yeah. just trying to, everyone's trying to play doctor. This guy pulls out a duck and a chicken leg. Like, what's going on here? Yeah, it's like some girl comes over. It's like, uh, you show me yours, I'll show you mine. He's like, all right, let me go first. Here, what I have here is a duck that I've cut off its legs and sewn a chicken's body to. And she's like, I was going to show you my boobs. <laughs> and my he's just question, like, get out of here, you weirdo. Where did he get the chicken leg? Like, whose chickens is he just going up to? Like, give me that fucking thing. Just rips the leg. <laughs> I don't know. But, dude, <laughs> every source that I found that, like, told me this information, it just said a chicken leg onto a turkey. So, but it said one of them was alive. I feel I just kept picturing, like, a cooked chicken leg being sewed yeah, up like into Yeah, like a KFC stuff. drumstick. Yeah. <laughs> like, extra spicy, extra crispy. He's like, this is going to sting a little bit. Extra delicious. But, uh... Good <laughs> yes. for him, man. So That's he did that genius. once, uh, just, just to see what would happen. Uh, but he also uh, had carrier pigeons, right, that he would send on, like, uh, quote, secret missions. As just a kid, he's probably just doing his pretend Nazi. They weren't even carrier uh, pigeons. They things. were just birds that he caught and were just like, fly, my pretty. <laughs> he's like, no one ever writes me back. They're like, because that bird fucking flew into a river. That's not too far off because they would always mysteriously die and he yeah. would hold funerals for him at recess <laughs> afterward. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, so he was the type of kid. This, we all know this type of kid. He was the type of kid that would just, like, randomly shoot his friends with a BB gun. Oh, God. You, yeah. know, you know those kids? Like, they're always on your block. Like, stay away from that guy. Yeah. He's not a good guy. But, uh, yeah, no reason whatsoever uh, to shoot his friends. But he would do it with the BB guns. Uh, this escalated later into actual guns. <laughs> like, 22s. Like, he would just... But He'd he would, like, ju- he would just, dance like, point. for me, buddy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? That's a gun. He would literally just point actual guns at his friends. Uh, his friend uh, Don Foreman, this is an example. Uh, Eric was, Foreman? I wish. That's the first thing I thought about, too, is that 70s. But, uh, but yeah, his friend Don Foreman was over at his house one day, and he was just like, uh, he had to go home for like dinner or some shit, and he was like, oh, I got to leave. Uh, yeah, I'll see you later. He started walking away, and Jim, like, he got furious because he, th- he felt that him leaving without the permission of Jim 
was like a personal like attack on Jim himself. So he just became immediately furious. He grabs a twenty two, like points it at him as he's walking away, shoots a tree that's so close to him, the bark splinters and hits Don in the face. Good for Jim. Like, no. <laughs> this is a power play position here, okay? He could either be walked over. I won't over. dispute that, but not good for Jim. He's like, you do not leave my house unless you say goodbye to me. <laughs> I don't know. He's just a cordial guy. What can you do? Old-fashioned. Ugh. It was a permission thing. <sighs> it wasn't good. But, uh... Yeah, but uh, despite this fucked up behavior, right, uh, Jim would also spend his time in, uh, a lot of his time actually, in like uh, black neighborhoods preaching equality uh, for the eyes, for like pe- preaching equality for all people in the eyes of God just on the street corner. It's funny because that's just like such the opposite of what you think he would I know, be like. like he's like some he's guy all over the map. a gun at like the a dinner table. Guy. Do you really think that guy's going to be walking around and be like, equality for everyone? Yeah. Like, no, you're pointing a fucking gun at me because I didn't want to eat your mashed potatoes. <laughs> Dude. And people listen. Like, people in those neighborhoods listen. I mean, this was like 19... 19- this was before TV. They didn't have anything. Dude, it was like 19- 1940s, like Indiana. You think a lot of white people are even going to these neighborhoods at all? They're like, Let yeah. alone preaching equality as a child? Yeah, they're all like... It's nuts. Who the hell is this teenager? They're all looking at him like, what the fuck? fuck is this guy doing here <laughs> what the hell is this like, he's got balls i'll tell him that yeah yeah but yeah he was preaching quality uh he genuinely believed this honestly like it, the inequality in all men uh but uh yeah immediately he saw this as a path to respect and power right it's a good mm. it's a good path it's so you might see but uh yeah his childhood uh weirdness also included an extensive knowledge uh, and obsession with sex, <laughs> sexual yeah. things. What? what? Come on, t- find me, find me a teenager that never had that. You know. <laughs> well, yeah, but like, see, like back, like I don't know. From from what I understood from like the things I've been reading, like a lot of people, like everyone knew about sex. Like it was like a farm town. Like you know, sex is all around you, animals. Uh, thin walls, just little houses. Everyone knows, but they don't talk about it. He would just openly talk about it all the time. Everything. Like, man, I'm really trying to get my dick sucked tonight. And they're like, we're at church right now, Jim. <laughs> He's like, I know. Like, yeah, I, know. Know. I just wish someone would lick my ass. It's like, dude, all, all he would Jim. talk about was re- <laughs> all he would talk about was religion, Hitler, and sex. He's like, I'd what love trio, to have right? sex with Hitler while God watches. What was yeah. his sexual his sexual preference. We'll be getting into that in probably a later episode. I'll give you a brief answer now. Power. It's, it's a bit skewed. <laughs> That's his sexual preference. Pre- pretty much, yeah. You ever seen uh, Fifty Shades Darker? Watch that movie and that'll give you the answer. Yeah, no, he's that guy <laughs> times 5,000. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's get into his penis, right? He had a very impressive... Ooh. He a very impressive Johnson, to say the least. He would uh, he would hold literal pissing matches with kids around town, and he would always win. And the the actual matches were just seeing how far up you could put your stream. And people apparently claimed that he could pee over a house. <laughs> what? <laughs> it was like he could he could piss clear over a roof. <laughs> that. I would pay thousands of dollars to be able to see that. 
some guy just pissing like 30 feet in the air. Oh, I want to see that right now. Isn't that insane? Guys, let's go outside and try this. Who can clear the house? (laughs) I got a two-story. Who can clear it? (laughs) So after this, by the time high school came around, uh, Jim would not speak to anyone if uh, he didn't speak to them first. He would dress to the nines every day. Uh, so just very nice. Uh, you'd wear a white shirt and khakis, I believe, always tucked in and all that. And uh, yeah, yeah. A dapper freak. A, da- I like a it. dapper freak. It's true. But yeah, uh, he didn't play any sports in high school, but he uh, he did have some coaching positions because, because of the power. Because of the power, doesn't it just fit right in, dude? He he coached his high school teams for a while. He, he, he like uh, coached him for a while up until uh, one day, right? Uh, he ha- he attended a league meeting for his like high school, you know, the sports teams he was doing, and for seemingly just no reason at all, <laughs> he got the attention of everyone in the room, and then just proceeded to push a puppy through a trap door, <laughs> and it just fell to its death. So no one wanted him to be the coach anymore. <laughs> all right, team, I'm yeah. gonna motivate you. I'm going to motivate you right now by killing this dog. And they're all like, whoa, coach, can you stop? (laughs) This is what we need. We're playing T-ball, coach. And he's like, I swear to God, if you don't hit a home run, I'm going to slit this dog's throat right in front of you. This is how fragile life is. This is going to be you if you win. Uh, Anyway, The other team's getting a pizza party. You'll get to drink the blood of this dead animal. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? Uh, None of the parents were upset. They were just like, "Well, let's see what he's. Let's see where this one's gonna go. Yeah, maybe they'll win for once. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll actually have a fucking trophy in that empty case." But yeah. Uh, so one of the constant, uh, the one constant obsession that Jim in his early years uh, was religion. Right. He uh, particularly liked the apostics, ap- apostolics. 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 There we go. Apostolics. <laughs> what? Oh, he's bringing up the old wounds. Oh, Asawa. Yeah, Apostolic. I grew up religious. These are words I understand. It's true. I don't know what they mean anymore, but I did. At one I don't know, time. man. I never heard of them until recently, but apparently they were known as a very extreme sect of Christianity that, uh, that practiced speaking in tongues, uh, <laughs> yeah, laying of hands, and just among other strange practices. But uh, They just scream Hiawatha in a mirror until they come, and then they fall asleep. There you go. I'm sure snakes are involved in some way. Yeah, the penis. Yeah, there you go. But, uh, yeah, he had no interest whatsoever in the idea of God, however. Um... Uh, he rather practiced. It was the practices like around the idea of God that he really liked. Yeah, it was more like the getting people to believe you. Yeah, than is, what you're believing in. Exactly. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, because I mean, Jim, he was an atheist. Uh, he just like his mother, and uh, this is why it took him. We'll see later on. It took him a, a bit uh, after high school and all that before he actually decided to become a preacher. But, uh, Son of a preacher, man. Yeah. But between high school and uh, him becoming a preacher, uh, he uh, he met his wife, right? Marceline Baldwin. Marceline. So there's a bit of a trek to get to where they meet, right? So in 1947, uh, Jim's father passed away from respiratory failure, and uh, neither Jim nor his mother attended the funeral 
They moved to uh, Richmond, Indiana. They just pretended he did not exist. They just completely forgot about him. They were totally fine. So they yeah, just, no, I do. I want to touch on one. He thing. is his mother's son. Definitely. Previous to uh, his father's death, uh, he like completely got out of contact with his dad mm. because he was convinced that uh, his father was a member of the KKK. <laughs> oh yeah, and. Um, <laughs> The I mean, if you know anything about the KKK, they got like really big during the Great Depression, and uh, he Jim Jones was pretty sure that his dad was a member, and uh, he always told uh, his buddies that like they would fight over like racial equality and stuff, and then uh, after a while, he told Jim Jones he wasn't allowed to hang out with black people, and uh, so before before he died, Jim Jones pretty much gave up on his dad because of that. Yeah. And so his, it's weird because that's kind of like a self-righteous move, but it's like, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, my dad's an asshole, so I don't want to be associated with him. And he kind of was an asshole. If he was, he was just doing absolutely he nothing with his life. He neglected his kid. His mom, actually, like, in the later years before uh, James, his father, died, like, she was just having a bunch of affairs. She was just messing around. Messing around, but yeah, uh, once he did die, they well, they, they moved to Richmond, Virginia a bit before he died. They abandoned him before that, but then he died. They're in Richmond, Virginia. They don't care. They don't attend the funeral at all. Uh, and uh, so without uh, the financial support of his father's family, Jim needed to get a job, right? Uh, he became an orderly. At I the thought you were going to say organ donor. <laughs> I was like, how do you do that when you're alive unless you're like a prostitute? A pet organ Ventriloquist, I don't know, something he's like doing, that. He's, he's mapping out his own life. He's doing some stuff. But no, he became an orderly at uh, at Reed Memorial Hospital. He enjoyed this job uh, immensely. He was very good at it. Uh, and people thought that was, like, insane. He was just, like, a crazy good man because he was literally just, like, throwing away limbs and, like, cleaning up people who couldn't do it themselves and, like, sponge bathing and Ooh, all that yeah, kind of baby. thing. Yeah, wouldn't that yeah, be? He took a you know, like crazy the amount sexy of joy nurse in it. dream. Can you imagine opening your eyes and Jim, Jim Jones. Jones just saunters <laughs> in? Hey, baby, I'm gonna wash that crotch for you. That's just like I'd rather die. Like, Please leave. Thanks, me Jim. Thanks, Jim. But uh, yeah, he enjoyed the job like a lot. Uh, he also got his friend Don from uh, from childhood, right? The one he would shoot with a BB gun and almost shot with a real gun. He got him a job there, and he continued his torturing of him from his childhood. Uh, he knew that Don was, like, super uh, afraid of the dark, right? So he would purposely, like, get them to schedule him at night in, like, the lower parts of the hospital. And he would just, like, turn off all the lights on him. And, Good for uh, him. Yeah, so he would just torture him in that sense. He also once apparently made him go into a room with a uh, patient with elephantitis of Titus, Titus, elephantitis, Titus, yeah, of the scrotum, and uh, just... it it literally like would drag on the floor, and apparently this like made him squirm a lot. It's and like Jim that Jones like just locked him in there. Where yeah. he's got like the <laughs> with the wheelbarrow just yeah. so he can smoke weed, bouncing on it and shit. That's yeah. what this guy's doing. But he basically, yeah, he he pretty much just continued to torture Don, <laughs> but at the same time got him a job, so I'm sure he held it over. Who knows? Uh, he uh, so Jim had like a special special kind of uh, way of getting uh, older people to like him. Old people fucking loved this guy. Yeah, he was one he, of those like, losers, you know. Yeah. That's a typical sign that you're a weird kid when you're like under 21 and old people love you. Yeah. And your friends are old people. It's like, you might be kind of weird. You might be a bit strange. But yeah. 
<laughs> but this job uh, is going back to his uh, wife, right? So th- at this job is where he met Marceline Baldwin. Uh, they met while preparing a body for an undertaker, and uh, Marceline fell for him, right? Her family did not feel the same way that she did. They were smart. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. In hindsight, they Dude. were like, don't do this, <laughs> apparently, you dumb bitch. Apparently, like, at any, like, provocation, like, any sort of questioning of anything that he would do, he would just get in screaming matches with her family members. <laughs> no, I don't want the peas, yeah, all right? I don't. scream his head off at him. Like, uh, okay, was, Jesus Christ, I thought Thanksgiving was supposed to be nice. Right, right. But yeah, while they uh, while they were dating, Jim decided that he wanted to be in a higher position at the hospital. So what does he do? He goes to college in uh, at uh, Indiana University in Bloomington. Uh-huh. That's, we know, That's where most of our peers went. I know. That's a, where Antoine went. I know a lot of you people that listen to this have gone to Indiana University. I got, I got something to say. Do you think that he was friends with, uh, what's the subway guy's name? Jared. Do you think he was friends with Jared? Jared. Well, because you know Jared turned out to be like a a freak or whatever. I don't know. I forgot what he did. (laughs) Well, I don't fucking know. They're both fucking crazy. Can you imagine the hilarity that would ensue? Dude, like imagine, (laughs) you know, they just have like a class together. He's like, holy fuck. Like, your name's Jared. My name's Jim. We we both start with J's and we like to do crazy shit. This Jared Fogel guy's really onto something here. I'm just saying. I'm into old people. He's into kids. I think we could meet in the middle and start a real good It's a possibility. I'm just throwing it out there. It's just, you know, food for thought. That's all I'm going to say. Food. Food, yeah. Jared always had great sandwiches. He's like, you bring the sandwiches. Which is I'll bring the drinks, baby. Hey-o. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so he went to Bloomington. He went to IU. He was getting a degree because he wanted a better job at the at the hospital, right? But uh, so he he was in the dorms, and uh, apparently one night his roommate, who was on the top bunk, uh, woke Shit up. himself. <laughs> is even better. He uh, woke up to a sharp pain in his back, right? And uh, he was just like, "Oh, it's probably like a, it's probably like a uh, like a spring or some shit." And he was just like, and then he started hearing this hissing noise from underneath his bed, and he looked down, and, and uh, Jim Jones was just jabbing a huge needle through the mattress and hissing like a snake. <laughs> and there's like absolutely no reason why he did this. It was just. That was a story his roommate told. How does that conversation start? Like, you look over the edge of the bed, you're just like, hey, Jim, can you cut that shit out down there? Like, what do you say at that yeah, point? Like, like, what leave? are you doing? Like, <laughs> yeah, he's just like, he's like, I'm just, just like jabbing you in the back. I just imagine him looking back very quietly and just like, shh, go back to bed. It's like, okay, I'm going to go sleep somewhere else. He's more like, Go back to bed. (laughs) Okay, Jim, you Uh, fucking weirdo. But that being said, shortly after this, Jim and Marceline got married, right? Uh, And uh, in uh, June 12th of 1949, uh, it was like a double wedding. People used to do that, I guess. Uh, They got married at the same time as Marceline's sister. That's weird. Yeah, it's yeah, it's weird. Hey, whatever whatever floats your boat, I don't care. But it was immediately following this that Marceline... uh, began to uh, see that Jim was not the man of God that she thought he was because basically he had lied to her up until this point about his beliefs, basically preaching the word of God and saying, He's like, yeah, of course like, yeah I, I totally believe, believe in, in God. that guy. Duh. What do we have for dinner? Yeah. 
<laughs> so he was an atheist, and he was starting to make that known to her, right? So uh, he was such an insistent dick about it that uh, Marceline almost immediately considered divorce, but given the norms of the 1950s in America, her mom talked her out of it. Good for her. Good what are you for cracking her. up about, Antonio? Like <laughs> Grant just said, he goes, he goes yeah, God, yeah, obviously. Uh, what are we having for dinner? Uh, <laughs> that's how he gets out of it. Dude. He just, just he changing the subject immediately. <laughs> immediately. She's like, honey, do you want to go to church? He's like, yeah, I would love to have a barbecue next weekend. Wouldn't that be great? She's like, that's not what I said. He's like, yeah, I know, I'm late for work. Like, I gotta can't, serving God, you know, can't, can't do it. <laughs> so yeah, so she considered divorce. Her mom talked her out of it because of weird fucking nineteen fifties in America norms. Uh so why did Jim become a preacher if he was uh such an impassioned atheist? Right? Because he masturbates vigorously to the thought of being in control. Well there's that part too. Bingo yeah. No. Yeah. He did believe in a lot of the teachings that like Jesus uh was said to uh, have said. But also it was the power thing. He's right? a Jesus great guy. You know, he could really make people do whatever he wanted. Yeah. I wish I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're missing the whole point of the lesson. He's like, no. He just, look at all those friends that he had. I really want they those. They loved him. I want those bad. <laughs> but yeah, so despite his atheism and uh, all this stuff and uh, his, his like wife finding out about it. Uh, so Marceline was Methodist, right? So he tried his hand at the Methodist Church, and uh, it did not end up working out for reasons that have since been skewed by claims that have been made by, uh, you know, after Jonestown's uh, dark ending, what we mentioned at the head of the show. Uh, The Methodist Church said that he was, like, stealing money, and he was saying that they weren't, like, they were hypocrites and not following their own scripture. But eventually, I mean, inevitably, it's probably somewhere in the middle of the truth of it. But, um, yeah, so the church, uh, yeah, in any case, uh, Jim became, uh, infatuated with, uh, black churches, black church services. He started going to them and he absolutely fucking loved them and they had no time limit. The crowd was very like reactive to the preachers and just the overall energy of them. He just fell in love with it. Right. I got something to say about that. Go ahead. I'm going to be honest. Have you guys ever been to a black church? Like, be honest. No. No. <laughs> Why would we lie? <laughs> I, okay, so I have a black friend, um, and his Good mom sings in the choir of the black church. Not going to lie. It was the most fun I've ever had. Dude, they have church. a good time. No, like, they were they were singing. Everybody's in the <laughs> clapping and shit. Like, it was awesome. Like, it made me... I don't even I don't even know how to describe it. it <laughs> I wanted to believe in God. No, like you know, like I, I kind of you know, I'm, I'm not. We're not going to dive deep into that, but you know, like it was just, it was like it was like being at a concert. Like you know, like like I don't know. Normal churches like aren't like that. I don't I don't know what I don't know what the the difference is. Like it's just crazy. They know what they're is doing. Anything? Have you seen the Blues Brothers? Okay. Well, there's like a scene where James Brown is like leading one of those. It looks like an amazing time. If it's anything like that in actuality, Dude, I'll tell you this. It sounds awesome. Like everyone's like clapping and snapping. Like it's just going. Like it's just a great time. Dude, like I, a concert in there. I went to my aunt's church <laughs> once, and they're like this like non-denominational like, just Christian. Like, yeah, yeah. And like it was so funny. We were sitting like in the back, and like they're all singing. And we're like, all right, this is church, whatever. And she like gets up, so we're immediately I was just like, oh, she's going to the bathroom or something. 
and then it gets all quiet, and all you hear is like this like bongo beat, and then they just bust out. There's like eight people doing like interpretive dancing with like candles and shit. And we were all just like, "What the hell kind of church is <laughs> That's this? Badass. This <laughs> is not my church." No, I think her church is a Unitarian or something. They're like hippies. No, it was crazy. Dude. It was just so funny. It was just like they out like of the nowhere. Crystals. They like the chocolate. It was just like mm, blah 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 blah. I was like, whoa, dude, they're dancing and shit. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, he fucking fell in love with it. I mean, if Antonio didn't convince you, Jim Jones should, right? But uh, so he decided to go uh, to Indianapolis and uh, travel through the like uh, the lesser, lower-income like areas, uh, just kind of doing his like preach thing that he did when he was a kid, and he was recruiting people for what would uh, become the first incarnation of People's Temple, uh, a storefront church called Community Unity. You're damn right. So, let me get into a little bit of stuff here. Okay, I'm going to cover a couple topics here. So, the year is 1951. He's 21 years old. It's true. He has already been doing uh, the Methodist church thing, been trying his hand at that, trying to make his way through it. And uh, now he starts attending uh, the Communist Party rallies in Indianapolis. <laughs> and... um. He really he started to get a lot of heat during uh, the McCarthy hearings about uh, communism and his potential ties to said uh, party. Yeah, people didn't like the commies back then. Um, so to he this day, he was actually people. harassed by uh, FBI people about his involvement, and uh, all this continued. And um, actually, back when he was in college, one of the things that really like spoke to him was uh, Eleanor Roosevelt's speech on racial equality. So he really, like, stuck to his guns on that, and he started to adopt uh, communism. He was getting really into, like, Marxism. And uh, later in his life, he actually questioned uh, himself, and uh, his direct quote to himself was, quote, How can I demonstrate my Marxism? The thought was that I will infiltrate the church. End quote. So this kind of explains a little bit of like what he's doing, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so during this time, uh, he's starting his preaching and doing things like that. And uh, he really started hitting Adolf Hitler hard again, like really getting into like his influence-wise. Yeah. yeah, and uh, also Father Divine. Uh, Father Divine uh, was born in 1876. Uh, he was an African American spiritual leader. And uh, he pretty much, he was the self-doctored name of Reverend Major Jealous Divine. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> that was, that's nuts. He, fu- he, found, uh, he founded the International Peace Mission Movement, and uh, he formulated all of its doctrines and such and such. And uh, it was never like a formal thing, but people called him a cult leader because of his influence. And uh, after he studied more of Hitler and more of Father Divine, he kind of realized that he wanted to lead people and not in the sense of a preacher where you guide them. Like, he wanted full control. So um, he actually met with Father Divine. And uh, Father Divine had told him personally that the first step is you find an enemy and you make sure that your people that follow you know who that enemy is and you unify them against that enemy. So he took that lesson to heart and fucking ran with it. 
Hell yeah. He ran with tactic. Um, so now, now he's doing a bunch of stuff, right? He's getting involved in all different facets of life, but he's still preaching and still kind of gathering his uh, army, I guess you would say. He's recruiting. Um, he had a piece in the New York Times in 1953, and it was him expressing outrage uh, at the segregation uh, in his hometown, uh, well, his now hometown of Indianapolis. And um, he noticed that uh, his congregation, it was very mixed. There was a lot of black people, a lot of poor people, a lot of white people too. And he realized that they were not all uh, equally represented throughout the community. So he began raising money, and uh, he actually uh, imported monkeys from Africa, and he was selling them door-to-door to try and raise money for his church. Can you imagine someone coming to your door just holding hands with a monkey? It's like, do you want this monkey? Yeah, so he was Come selling... Come to my church. He was, buy that monkey? I don't know. It I, depends on the I price. Might. I mean... It was a fair to, price. I mean, come on. I, mean, I would buy time with the monkey just uh, to play with it and then just be like, take it away from me. How many <laughs> like, times a day is a monkey going to be, you know, offered up to you? I'm just saying. It is probably a once-in-a-lifetime thing, and this is probably the only time that a door-to-door monkey salesman has existed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he was a door-to-door monkey salesman, right? And um, so what he did, uh, he's doing this. In 1960, uh, the mayor of Indianapolis, uh, Mayor Mayor Charles Boswell, uh, he appointed Jim Jones the director of the local Human Rights Commission. And uh, Boswell told him, like, you know, keep a low profile and uh, we can kind of get some stuff done through, like, interviews and grassroots effects. Jim Jones uh, did not listen at all. And he got himself uh, on all different types of news outlets, uh, written media, visual media, and the radio. And he was doing that weekly, promoting his cause and explaining himself. Uh, The mayor actually told him to stop or they'd ask him to step down from his position. And Jim Jones said, fuck you. And he met with uh, the NAACP and in front of an audience of thousands, he yelled and said that they all need to rise up and be more militant. And then he finished his speech with the very acclaimed Let My People Go chant. So Damn. after this, everyone's kind of like, oh, okay. Dude, I hope he was behind a podium because he was probably hard as fuck while he was doing it. He was like, this is what he's been wanting to do his entire life. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, I have power. Um. <laughs> So there is there's one very good thing that Jim Jones has done. And what Jim Jones did was since he had such influence in Indianapolis, he had political connections, business connections, uh all different types. And he would he pretty much forced integration into the church, the schools, the restaurants and businesses. Yeah. And no one no one wanted to do this. Uh, but what he would do is he would go to a restaurant with hundreds of people and he would say, we're all going to buy dinner. And the business was like, awesome, but we don't serve black people. And then Jim Jones would pretty much tell his entire congregation to leave. And he would talk to the manager and say, all of these people do anything I tell them to do. And if you won't serve black people, we'll never be back here again and we'll watch you fail. Yeah, and they had no choice but to let it happen to stay afloat. 
That's how many people he was influencing, man. He could literally destroy businesses yeah. with his congregation. So uh, he is responsible for integrating uh, local churches, restaurants, uh, the telephone company in Indianapolis, the police department of Indianapolis, movie theaters, and even an amusement park in Indianapolis, along with uh, the Indiana University Methodist Hospital. So all of those can give credit to him for integrating uh, blacks and whites into the business. Probably the best thing that he did. Yeah. Like, uh, just outward looking in. Um, so what he would do after this, uh, they had a bit of a rash, right? Uh, swastikas were being painted on the homes of black congregation members during the night. And... Um, People started kind of getting nervous about this because they were like, whoa, this is fucked up. So Jim Jones walked himself through these neighborhoods and told them, you know, don't don't worry. We're going to we're going to take care of everything. We're going to get through this. And then he set up sting operations in restaurants to make sure that they were abiding by the rules that he gave them. So he would send people in to try and like fish out information. And it worked. Uh, because everything kind of slowed down. All the swastikas stopped. Mm-hmm. All the hate crimes were kind of slowing down. And then um, people were starting to get pissed at him. You know? Yeah. Locals, they did not like uh, the influence he had. So they stepped it up a notch. And uh, now they were going to the temple where they would, you know, preach and listen to him. And they were putting uh, swastikas and even dynamite in the temple to try and scare them away. Um, and then after this didn't work, they were sending threatening phone calls and letters to Jim Jones's house. It seems like it would go the other direction, wouldn't it? <laughs> and um, <laughs> it seems like, looking, <laughs> looking back on it, hindsight is twenty twenty. Uh, this is the last thing I'm going to say in this episode because we'll pick it up next week. With There's more so much more, yeah. But I'll leave you with a little tidbit of information. All of this uh, stuff that's going on, these threats and the dynamite and the swastikas, it is very much believed that Jim Jones was at the center of all of this, meaning that he was the one letting this happen to try and scare people and rile them up to listen to him even more. In a sense, controlling his own re- like fate with he's controlling their reality so his fa- I don't know man that's that's one trait of uh cult leaders that's always there they're very very controlling cunning and just can do amazing things terrible things ethically uh questionable things uh but, it's uh, not true I'll finish very, up very very clever I'll give you one more little piece of information cuz it. it's just weird if I leave this one hanging um, so Jim Jones and his wife adopted uh, several uh, children, and uh, they were not white. And he would publicly refer to them as the Rainbow Family. That's what he called them. That's <laughs> kind of cute. <laughs> and he did this because now in statements made to the public, he could say that integration was uh, much more personal for him and that it wasn't talk that he was actually living uh, an integrated lifestyle. Isn't that what Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie did? In a sense. Yeah. Um, so they adopted three uh, Korean children named Lou, Suzanne, and Stephanie. And uh, they had actually uh, encouraged all of the members of their temple 
to adopt orphans from Korea because they were struggling uh, after the war and children needed to be taken care of. And uh, then uh, they adopted Agnes, who was an American Indian. And uh, in June of 1959, they had their own biological child, Stephen Gandhi. How about that? What a name. And then in 61, they became the first white couple in Indiana to adopt a black child. And uh, they also adopted a son, a white son at the same time, who they named Tim. And uh, the mother of Tim was a member of the People's Temple that they did not believe she would be capable of taking care of a child. So they pretty much took Tim from her. Jesus. I wonder how she felt about that. Was she so embedded and enthralled with all of what was going on? She was like, oh, you're right. You're right. Take him. Take Pretty him. much. I don't I'll think see you she next cared. Like, <laughs> to her, I don't think it mattered. It was just life. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But that's where I'm going to leave Yeah, that's where right we'll now. probably leave it. But, so, uh, Antonio, now that you're here, I want to know, where does all this information, what is it doing for you? What does this make you think? Um, You know... A little mind-blown, I guess uh, that's the word I'm looking for. It's just like, it it's like almost like he was like a good guy, you know? Like, there's like things that he did that was good, but, you know, it's just like there's like these undertones, or it's like, he's like, I don't even know. It's it, He's like Adolf, you know? He comes out the gate like, holy fuck, you know, it might be a good guy. But then he just starts killing Jews, and then, you're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Slow it down!" Yeah, what? yeah. And then you're like, "You know what the hell? You know, like I, two months ago, I believed in you, bro, man. You, you were you were preaching equality. Now you're stabbing me. Like, what? I don't understand, dude. Like, I, I don't know. It's just there's a lot going on. I have a lot of questions, but you know, we gotta leave them in the dark for now. And we gotta let the people think on it. So that's yeah, what we're we gonna do. do. There's so much more because people think. I'll give you this. I mean, if you know of Jim Jones, we're not even we're not close to Jonestown yet. No. Like he has, and there's so much after that. He has <laughs> like, not traveled uh, out of the country yet. And then he moves across the country for a while. And then he comes back. And then Jonestown happens. <laughs> so we still have a lot of ground in between yeah. the actual, like, living on, like, a commune before, yeah. like, we, could, we can't even get to that yet. At very least, there's going to be two more episodes of this. No, definitely. I, I'm, I'm assuming. There's, there's just so much to cover. I mean... The, everybody knows the stereotypical story of like, oh, drink the Kool-Aid and all those people died. But it it goes deeper. And I have some shit when that happens that might blow your tits oh, away. Yeah. <laughs> it might make you lose your tits entirely. I won't even lie to you. So if you if you want less tits, <laughs> just wait because they'll be gone when I'm done with They'll be blown off. Absolutely. By, by I'm going to take care town. of that for you. Don't even worry. <laughs> uh, that's yeah, me. That's yeah, the I episode. think that's the end. Yeah, we are starting a cult. Uh, follow us on all the shit. We're on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, uh, Libsyn, Patreon. Give us money. money Give us now. Some more money. Money me. Please, we now. need it. Um, uh, <laughs> smoke pipes. They're cool. Yep. Smoke, S M. I will, uh, O-A-K. I will uh, share uh, the link on our Instagram. Yeah, and there will be a link below in the... Uh, He's a cool cool yeah. fella. He's a nice guy. And, mm. uh, yeah, thanks. It's nice. We got a new guest. We never have new guests. Yeah, dude. Everyone uh, uh, do what we're doing. Don't touch each other. 
uh, I hope Mitchell wash your hands. Coronavirus, because he's been on top of me. Yeah, he's touching you a lot. You shouldn't shouldn't be doing that. He's been tickling my tulips. Yeah, that's <laughs> my Purell. Yes, yes. Here's some Purell Griff. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, we are starting a cult. Thank you, guys. Uh, tune in next week for more of Jonestown and Mr. Jim. If you guys want, uh, <laughs> if you guys want to win at Call of Duty Warzone, add us on the Xbox. Jake sucks, but uh, we're teaching him. No, you're not. You're just uh, saying I suck. We're just but. berating him until he gets better. I'm not gonna get better. I'm not either. I'm really not that good, but no. it's the point. You know, I'm there. I'm a presence. I'll yeah. keep you entertained. I'm like a ghost. I'm more a presence than anything else in video games. I'm like a sex ghost, you know? <laughs> just just like a sex ghost. Sexy. Sexy. All right, Mitch, Antonio, you guys you have any parting words? Uh, go ahead, Mitch. Go ahead. This is definitely... I've never done any research on Jim Jones, but this is definitely the craziest biography I've ever heard. I'm almost positive Jim works out at my gym. He does. Uh, just some parting words, uh, adding to Grant's like ghost love. Just a love me sexy. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. semi-pro. <laughs> Baby, we're naked and we're humping sexy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now take off your shoes. And suck me, sexy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's fill a bathtub yeah. full of sweat. Oh, my <laughs> God. Jeez. All right, watch the right, micro yeah. and follow we, us. Yeah, we are starting a cult. That's uh, that's Grant and me, Jake. Uh, we're your hosts. And then Mitch and Antonio is here. Yeah, baby. See you next week. Goodbye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.